Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It's an all-new edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. I'm Greg Pickle, Ryan Snyder, the recruiting insider and expert at Blue White Illustrated, is here for another week. The final Tuesday in April is here, which means spring ball is over. The Blue White game is in the books, and there's still plenty to talk about, Ryan. This is going to be a busy week. Uh, just quickly, for those of you who follow us religiously, as we know many of you do here on the YouTube channel or wherever you get your audio, uh, we're going to focus mostly on recruiting today, of course, but a couple news notes to start the week. Uh, Cole Brevard is in the transfer portal that defensive tackle at Penn State and there was also a report out Tuesday that uh, Penn State could be getting close to wrapping up its athletic director search with a Boston College athletic director Pat Kraft in the uh, sort of catbird seat at this point so stay tuned to Blue White Illustrated for that news and of course if you were over on the site on Monday you saw the topic that we're going to start off with which is a new commit in for the Penn State of class class of 2023 and Ryan, I think this is one of my more enjoyable uh, commitments that we've had the opportunity to cover together because there was no promoted top 12, 8, 5, 3. And don't get me wrong, I have no issue with any of those things. But there was none of that. There was no multi-day buildup to a Instagram Live commitment video or a graphic on Twitter. Instead, the newest Nittany Lion just decided that it was his time to decide and made the choice public uh, just kind of out of the blue at around lunchtime on Monday. And Penn State now has another class of 2023 commit. Yeah, it's Conrad Hussey. I said who say yesterday. I wasn't sure which one it was, but I want to clarify. It's Conrad Hussey, 
Uh, six foot 190, St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, yeah, this one, man, uh, did not really see it coming. Uh, we we learned about it, I don't know, probably about an hour or so before it was announced yesterday. So had to scramble uh, to, to get that ready. But, uh, you know, we knew coming off a strong visit on April 8th that Penn State had put themselves in the mix and, and Jaylon Sider was very much involved here and, and a bunch of other coaches as well. But uh, this one just kind of popped up uh, and, and really uh, was pretty quick. So I, I'll be curious to see if other schools come calling down the road and how this, uh, you know, how this, if this drags on, you know, that that's, uh, I don't want to be, I haven't talked to Conrad myself. You have, so you'd have maybe a little better feel for um, just how committed he is. But, you know, we, we've seen these commitments before where a guy comes in one time commits uh, and then, you know, other schools, especially with him being down South, you know, come calling. So, I'll just I'll be very curious to see how that shakes out. Um, but uh, right now, all you could do is take him at his word, right? And he seems to be uh, pretty much all in on Penn State. Yeah, I do take him at his word after having the chance to talk to him Monday night. We have a story up now for subscribers at bluewhiteillustrated.com where you can sign up for one year of access for just $1. It's not going to last forever, folks. And in fact, it is a good time to jump on it because the Penn State recruiting news is really about to take off here during the evaluation period, as we'll touch on a little bit later. But yeah, having the chance to chat with him, Ryan, very mature uh, prospect here in the class of 2023. He talked about you know, I think one of the things that we always want to ask guys, maybe one of the first questions we ask them when they're not from Pennsylvania or New Jersey or Virginia, Ohio, Maryland, what have you, is will distance be a factor ultimately? And why do you think distance uh, is not a concern for you? And he more or less said that, look, uh, I want to play in the NFL one day. I know that I'm going to have to almost certainly, I mean, unless he gets drafted by the Jaguars or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, move out of the state of Florida and deal with playing in cold weather and warm weather and windy weather and what have you. So he figures I might as well start that experience now with a coaching staff I really like, with a coordinator that I think can use me in ways that uh, both special teams coordinator Stacy Collins as a kick returner and defensive coordinator Manny Diaz as the defensive coordinator, of course, uh, you know, can use him in different ways. He's going to be in the secondary. We'll see if Penn State starts him at corner or safety when he arrives. I think that we have him at on three ranked as a safety, but he mentioned that Penn State's talked to him about corner and kick returning as well. So, you know, I, I think this is just an example how Penn State can really make a strong connection with prospects and their family once they get them on campus. As you mentioned, he was here uh, in State College about three weeks ago at this point, and the Lions sealed the deal there. He saw West Virginia. He saw Pittsburgh. He saw Colorado. I know that many people are going to say, well, why aren't Florida and Florida State on that list of visits? I, I don't have a good answer for you, but he did have offers from those schools. I believe his defensive backs coach and stepfather had mentioned that UF was definitely one of the schools in the mix so you know these schools were interested in him and if you look at uh, the commitment impact breakdown we had yesterday uh, Chad Simmons the on three national recruiting director had put up a post after a seven on seven in South Florida about three months ago now and Ryan he said and I think you've heard it too that Conrad Hussey is quite possibly one of the guys that is going to move up or at least has the opportunity to move up the most from where he is now as a three-star recruit higher in the rankings as schools and evaluators and things like that get more tape of him and get more of an opportunity to see him in action. Yeah, yeah I, I would expect that to be the case, uh, especially playing at a school like Aquinas where it's such a stacked scholars or you know stacked roster there. Uh, we're, we're, our right. scouts are definitely going to see him play multiple times this season, and uh, I'm sure – you know, being down there in South Florida, man, there's a ton of camps. Um, so 
interesting commitment. We'll see uh, how it shakes out. Um, but uh, you know, good good to hear like you know what you were saying there because I just I don't really know him well, and uh, you were able to get him on the phone last night. Uh, I will be curious to see what happens at safety cornerback moving forward. You know, I've been thinking probably five DVs uh, in this class and uh, you know, see Frank and I kind of handled a little bit yesterday, but with cam Selden still very much out there uh, a few other top guys that we discussed and you know, they, they're going to have to get another cornerback as well. Uh, I'll just be curious to see how it all plays out. Of course, to Nelson, we'll talk about here in a little bit, uh, just put out a top six and he has an official visit set to Penn state as well. So um, good start for Penn state. You know, that they always really want to uh, get a foot in the door with, with those Florida guys, man, they, they've been making a real big push with that in recent years. And, uh, to get a guy from Aquinas, man. I mean, one of the top programs down there. A lot of great coaches down there. Always a stacked, always a stacked roster. I mean, that 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 program is, you know, American Heritage and a few others. Of course, IMG uh, are just absolutely loaded. So uh, great to get a, a talented guy out of a talented program. Yeah, no doubt about it. He said that he was good relationship with, of course, many members of the Penn State staff. It should come as no surprise that ace Sunshine State recruiter Jaywan Sider was involved here. Anthony Poindexter, of course, was involved. Manny Diaz, James Franklin. And he also talked about Alan Zemitis and the impact that he had on uh, Conrad Hussey when he was on campus. So I think that's worth noting as well. Those guys in the, and gals in the recruiting department, Ryan, as you well know, do not always get the credit they probably deserve when Penn State gets a commitment. We talk about the head coach and the coordinators and the assistant coaches, but the folks in that room under the direction of Andy Frank do a lot of legwork, a lot of legwork mm -hmm. uh, to get uh, commitments on board ultimately. And even ones that don't commit, but just getting them on campus and the visits and all of that, uh, they, you need a strong recruiting staff. Penn State has one. Alan Zemitis, of course, a Penn State letterman who's a part of that. Zemitis has been excellent. Uh, there's a lot of recruits raving about him and uh, you know, it helps with him having an NFL experience and obviously being a, a Penn State alumni. But uh, Zemitis is just somebody who, honestly, I'd like to actually kind of get in the summertime, you know, see if we could sit down with him. That was one thing, you know, in the summertime, we always do those interviews with coordinators and, you know, different players at different positions. Uh, that Zemitis has been somebody that I really kind of want to schedule myself, you know, uh, maybe Andy or, or, or Kenny Sanders. You know, there, there's a bunch of guys there. And, uh, so Midas has really been excellent uh, for, for their defensive recruiting. I mean, I just was talking to Jalen Thompson, uh, who, who's up for the blue-white game, and uh, Zemitis was the first guy off his tongue, you know, as far as somebody who really is uh, standing out to him and and uh, just consistently on him, you know, consistently not just pushing Penn State, but, you know, just talking about life and football and a lot of different perspectives, and uh, a lot of guys rave about that. So uh, Allen deserves a lot of credit there, but, you know, like everything with Penn State, uh, it's never really one coach. Uh, it's always four, five, six uh, who, who are really pushing hard, uh, you know, of course, position coach, coordinators, head coach, and then obviously a, a handful of uh, recruiting staffers who do an excellent job. Yeah, and even the analysts are now getting involved in that with Dan Connor. I know that some recruits mm -hmm. have mentioned him to you as, as someone that's been impressive, impressive rather, uh, when they've been on campus. So it really goes from all different departments. And to your point, it's always a team effort at Penn State to land a commitment or just to get guys on campus. Obviously, James Franklin likes to have Letterman in that role, but it's not just Letterman, of course. It's a whole bunch of different people with a variety of different backgrounds that help connect Penn State with recruits from across the country. So yeah, always, again, 
again, I think it's important to note that when these commitments happen, yeah, we're going to talk about the impact the on-field staff had, but of course the off-field staff uh, plays a huge role as well. This is the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. I'm Greg Pickle. He's Ryan Snyder. We're talking on Tuesday, April 26th, the final Tuesday in April. It's hard to believe how quickly the last half of March and then the first half of April have flown by with Penn State holding spring practice, Ryan. Uh, the blue-white game brought, I think your list had, what, about 150 guys to Penn State. Let me just stop there quick before we yeah. get into some of the names to know. What – what how do, you know what are some of the maybe misconceptions i know you talked about them with some folks on our message board the lions then at blue white illustrated the premium board there but what are some of the challenges of that and maybe some of the things that that you know if you don't follow this day in and day out like we do you wouldn't expect to be either an issue or something that comes up when you have that many kids on campus i think it goes without mm-hmm. saying that you can't spend individual quality time on the day of a practice with 62,000 fans in the stands with all 150 of these guys. It's just not going to happen mathematically and uh, the clock say otherwise. So what are some other things that jump out to you in that regard before we get into some of the names that know? Well, 150 is the, is pretty much, you know, what sources said was the total number. I, I, I usually include about 80. You know, I, I get to the guys who, you know, certainly have scholarship potential, already, of course, have scholarships. And then, you know, there's always a bunch of guys who, you know, live in Pennsylvania, you know, probably going to have some quality FCS offers, maybe Division Two, And, you know, I look at as true potential walk-on candidates. So it was really what I would consider about 90 quality guys who could absolutely end up at Penn State in one form or the other. And then, you know, of course, everybody brings friends and and, and other, you know, teammates, different things like that. And that's how those numbers get padded to where they are. Uh, from what you were saying, though, as far as, you know, spending time with everybody, you know, th- this isn't one of those visits. Uh, and, and really none of the game visits are, are, are where you're going to spend that quality time with the coaching staff, you know, have extended tours of campus, things like that. I mean, that's why we were hitting so hard in March and April earlier, of course, this month. Uh, on just the importance of those spring practice visits and seeing a practice and spending four or five hours with the staff, sitting down with, you know, your coordinator, your position coach and, and watching film, you know, that that's where those real quality visits come from. And, and you're able to really get the, and in that feel for what it's like to, to be a Penn State football player uh, for, for, you know, when we were watching them on the sidelines on Saturday, Greg, you're with me. There's a lot of little things that that go into it, and it's so hard to coordinate. For example, we were watching two teammates uh, go out there and shake hands with Franklin, and there wasn't just two of them; there was three teammates from the same school. Uh, and you know, one of the teammates didn't get to go out for one reason or another. And then you see him coming to the sidelines, and you know, one looks maybe a little little bummed out that he didn't get to go out there. And it's just little things like that, right? I mean, it's impossible to be perfect with 150 people there on the sidelines. So just stuff like that. Organizationally, of course, uh, you know, just getting, you know, Penn State likes to do something where they bring their real top guys over to the tunnel uh, before before uh, the team comes out of the tunnel, right, to give them that experience. So just kind of somehow trying to separate the those elite guys to the guys who are important but not quite, you know, uh, elite enough to get over there to that tunnel, things like that. It's always interesting to watch Andy Frank and really all the staffers, Chris Mahong, uh, Kenny Sanders. There's a bunch, of course, I'm missing uh, out there trying to organize everything and make sure you know everyone's having a good time and going out there to shake Franklin's hand. Uh, th- there's a lot of that going on, so it's uh, always interesting to, to kind of watch that f- from our perspective, which is you know we're kind of looking down and and uh, just seeing how things work. Uh, the one thing you were also saying there too is about how you know meeting with the coaches. Like for example, I did an interview with Tamir Robinson. He said he didn't really get to spend much time with Manny Diaz, which I don't. I didn't take that as like a slight. I think some fans took that as like it was right. a mistake. That doesn't really happen during these visits, right? I mean, he was just saying. 
because I asked him, I was like, you know, Manny's somebody you got to get to know still. How's ever going? He was like, well, I, you know, I didn't really get to, to hang out with him much on Saturday, uh, but I did, you know, have a have a sit down with Franklin and Terry. And if you really watch those those warm ups again, the coordinators are out there pretty much the whole time. Um, you know, we see Yurches out there and, and, and Manny working with the linebackers and different things throughout those drills. So it's usually more so Franklin and the assistant coaches or the, the positional coaches outside of, you know, the guys who also coach quarterbacks and, and linebackers, which are the two coordinators. Uh, they, they usually are the ones up in the recruiting lounge and spending spending time with the guys, you know, an hour and a half or so before kickoff. So it's never really uh, it's never perfect. Right. I mean, you, you can't be right. perfect when you have so many players on campus. It's just it's it's never going to go that way. No, not at all. All right, well, let's get into some of the names to know. It was a good visit weekend for Penn State. Maybe not as heavy on 2023 guys as many fans would have liked, but certainly a strong 2024 crowd on hand and some big-name 2023 guys. You mentioned Robinson. He was a big late addition, I thought, for this Penn State football program. So you can start the bidding wherever you like, but that was obviously one that Penn State really wanted to happen, and it worked out just as they envisioned. Well, look, with the, with the 2023 guys – you know, all their, um, for the vast majority of their top 20, 2023 guys have been here for real games, right? So what are you going to get out right. of watching a glorified scrimmage in Beaver Stadium? Like, I, I, if I'm a 2023 recruit, I don't know if I really want to come to the Blue White game. And I think more fans just always want to see stack list of, of every recruit out there. But if I'm Phil Pachotti, who I've talked about this extensively with, you know, it makes way more sense to come up here on a Wednesday afternoon and spend time with the coaching staff and, and watch a spring practice. Uh, over coming up to watch, uh, you know, a, a scrimmage inside Beaver Stadium when you've been to multiple games in the past and have seen whiteouts and all types of those things. So that's just it makes more sense that 2024 and 2025 guys are coming to an event like this because they haven't been to Penn State nearly as much. Uh, but when you look at the list, yeah, I've, we've gone through it now. For 2023, there was, I believe, seven guys, uh, seven quality scholarship prospects here. Uh, Andrew and Michael Harris out of Lake Brantley and uh, Alamata Springs, uh, which is a suburb of Orlando. They're, they're twin brother linebacker prospects. Have a handful of quality offers. I'll, let's see um, where that goes. I, mean, I, I had a brief talk with Andrew. Uh, what was it? I think it was Sunday night. And, you know, I can tell he has a lot of interest, but I, I can tell he has a lot to learn still, too, uh, which is expected, you know, when you've only visited for you know just one time uh so i'll just be curious to see how that ends up uh, the two the two big additions to the list that we didn't have were london montgomery and tamir robinson uh you know we knew tamir early saturday morning and i didn't know london at all until i saw him on the sidelines uh you know whatever it was what was it one o'clock on on saturday so getting london back was big he was just here a couple weeks ago uh zach owens uh, two out of McDonough in Georgia is a quality offensive lineman. This was his first visit. And we saw him really connecting with Penn State's commits on the sidelines. I mean, Greg, I, you were out there. I mean, he was really having to look like he was having a good time with Birchmeyer and Donko yep. uh, and a bunch of those committed guys. So I'll be curious to see how that relationship moves goes moving forward. You, we don't see that very often with guys visiting for the first time. We see that where guys visiting for the third time, you know, maybe they've met one or two of the commits before and you're able to connect. I, I can't really remember too many guys who've never been here before. And, you know, I'm watching them on the sidelines for an hour and it looks like they're best friends. So that was interesting to me. That certainly grabbed my attention. Uh, but the two guys I yeah, want to highlight the most. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I think it's the social media aspect of it all, right? I mean, the, Mm -hmm. the fact that these guys are now able to connect in ways that recruits before them, you know, as recently, even as 10 years ago, could only dream of, I think goes such a long way. I mean, these guys know Mm -hmm. who the best of the best are and they go and they can go to camps again too. I think that's a big part of it. So you add that in to just the fact that Quentin Martin seems like a very personable kid, a very easygoing kind of uh, prospect. And I think that Penn State has a lot of those guys in his class. So certainly it was good to see from what we could tell Ryan, he was certainly enjoying himself as much, if not more than anybody else. Yeah, Zach was great. I was talking to his dad a little bit too. They're they're fun to get to know. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm definitely looking forward to trying to do an interview here with him in the coming days. Uh, but there were there there are actually three guys here I really want to highlight for 2023. Uh, Tamir Robinson. Uh, I've hit on him a little bit there. This was his first visit back since January, and the big thing that came out of our post uh, trip conversation was that Tamir flat out admitted he was very close to committing to Penn State when Brent Pry was on the staff. And I think we knew that. We felt that. Um, you know, behind the scenes, but he hasn't really come out and said that yet. Right. So that was a, that was a interesting thing. And, and, you know, I even double checked. I was like, you cool with me putting that out there? And he was all for it. So uh, we've known Penn State was in a great position for a long time. He's going to have some official visits coming up. I still expect him to be an Italy lion, but uh, you know, he, 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 Flat out admitted that, you know, Brent probably leaving here certainly had an impact on uh, on his recruitment as a whole. I mean, he, he said that, you know, really he's kind of opened things up a little bit more since then. Don't want fans to get too discouraged by that, though. I still feel pretty good about him being a Nittany Lion. Uh, Tamir, or excuse me, uh, Tony Rojas, of course, was also back. I haven't caught up with Tony yet. I'm expecting Tony to put out at the top schools here soon. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in a second. But uh, I, I still expect Penn State to be, to be one of the favorites here. And, uh, you know, behind the scenes from what I've talked to people, everybody seems to think it went really well. His girlfriend was up here this weekend. Uh, seemed to, I saw him a couple times talking with some of the committed guys, but um, talking to sources more so than anything, they, they felt like the visit went pretty strong. So I'll, I'm going to get in touch with Tony probably once he puts out those top schools. I was kind of waiting for everything to, to come together before I really kind of bug him. And he, he's not he's not really into doing all the interviews all the time anyway. So I try and take the, the laid back approach and, you know, get him when things are really important. And, and let's let's get a combination of a visit recap and the top uh top four story to uh you know just keep keep down the <laughs> the amount of text and all that uh jalen thompson too uh cast tech defensive man i just wrote a story on him today uh when you look at jalen's visits right he's been to michigan state seven times so before i talked to him i you know just kind of have the in my head that like okay michigan state's probably a heavy favorite here now of course he's from detroit right so he's going to be visiting there uh pretty frequently but you know, I left that conversation thinking that he's more undecided than what it would maybe look, you know, when you look at that visit list. Uh, he, he admitted to me that Penn State's probably going to get an official visit. Michigan State's going to get an official visit. Uh, Cincinnati and USC were, were the four schools. And, of course, you have five uh, official visits allowed. So let's see how that uh, all shakes out. But uh, I, I have a feeling that Penn State might seriously be a player with him. I, I Now, if you, if you made me make a pick today, I'd still probably lean towards Michigan State, just the proximity to home and the familiarity, of course. But uh, I, I just I feel better about Penn State's chances after our talk than I did, you know, assuming uh, where they would be going into the weekend. Yeah, no, I think that absolutely makes a lot of sense. And if you can read that story at bluewhiteillustrated.com, of course, it's a dollar for one year of access. Sign up and check that story out. And all the other blue-white game coverage, I continue to have headphone issues. So sorry to those of you listening wondering why I answered Brian's uh, Zach Owens comment with oh. a comment about Quentin Martin. Uh, we will get <laughs> through this episode, and I will get that straightened out. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I know there's a couple more guys you probably want to hit on, but just reading the feedback that you've received, that I've received, that guys have put out on social media i mean you're not gonna have too many instances where a blue white game visit 
turns out to be a negative, right? I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. obvious to anyone that spring games and really game visits in general, win or lose, are typically good for the school that's hosting the prospect. You don't get a lot of negative vibes in almost every case, not every case, but almost every case coming out of those. But certainly I think Penn State took advantage of having the first blue-white game since 2019 with fans at Beaver Stadium in a big way. And, you know, like you said, that 2024 list was full of a bunch of guys as well that even, you know, 2025 guys who were on campus and look, (laughs) they have a long way to go until they can decide and a whole bunch of things can happen. But you have to make a good first impression. The weather cooperated, Ryan. The, uh, you know, things went off pretty much without a hitch. There was a good crowd on hand and certainly a lot of guys left with smiles on their face and good things to say about Penn State. Yeah, the 17 uh, was the number for uh, underclassmen who hold scholarship offers from Penn State. I think fans know the vast majority of them. Um, you can get those lists. You know, once once the visits are done, we put those visits um, on our visit tab. So if you go to our FB recruiting tab uh, at the top of Blue White Illustrated, you'll you'll be able to find uh, pretty much the whole list there. Like I said, I put them out uh, once the visits are done. Uh, I'll hit on a couple. Of course, Quentin Martin was back. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting in touch with Quentin here soon. Uh, he's easily, I think, Penn State's number one. Uh, pers- or number one prospect for 2024. Very important recruit. And, uh, man, he looks like he could already play college ball. That's a little he bit does, of an exaggeration. Yeah. But, no, ooh, he is a hell of a good-looking prospect. Uh, Chris Jones was back. I know, Greg, you're going to connect with him here in a couple days. I've talked about him before. Uh, Kenny Sanders is his cousin. You know, you got family ties there. He's been up here multiple times now. A lot to like there from the Stafford, Virginia prospect, a four-star player and uh, a player that I would expect uh, Penn State to be in a good position with. Uh, You hit on Dan Connor earlier. Of course, that, you know, that kind of came from my talk with Anthony Specka, who I expect to be, you know, Quinton will probably be number one. And I look at Specka as probably one of their top 10 overall prospects for the the class of 2024. Uh, Certainly one of those uh, in-state guys that they're going to absolutely go all out for. And another guy, too, is Peter Gonzalez, who I haven't gotten to know Peter as much yet. Uh, His dad, of course, played at Pitt, Pistol Pete, uh, for anybody uh, who's followed Pitt over the years knows. Uh, So that won't be, you know, an easy pull for Penn State with those Pitt ties. But, you know, he's been to Penn State quite a few times now. I think he's been here just as much as he's been to to Pitt, uh, which is interesting to me. I think it's been three times for Penn State. I want to say three, maybe four, but it's it's at least three. Uh, and you know he, he's a quality prospect. The more I learn about Peter, the more I really like. And especially man, talking to him, I didn't realize how much of a mature young man he is. Which you know Penn State usually goes after those kind of guys, but man, he really really impressed me uh, as far as just his you know he understands what's important, right? He cares. You know, I was talking to him about like, hey, you know, what's your plans for May? Anywhere you're going to visit? And he's like, now, nah, you know, it's all about academics and finals for me in May. And uh, I'll worry about that stuff in the summer. And I just don't hear that often from kids. So I, I thought that was a great response. Uh, Peter Jones, of course, was back to the Malvern Prep offensive lineman uh, who uh, I talked about a little bit last week. You know, Notre Dame seems to be coming on strong with him. Harry Heinstead is, uh, of course, a Malvern um, native. You know, he's the offensive line coach at Notre Dame. So I'll be curious to see how that shakes out. Uh, there were a bunch of young 2025 guys as well. A really good-looking running back group of Bug Combs, uh, John Forster, and uh, who am I forgetting there? Oh, Tyke Hayes, of course, the Aliquippa running back. Man, all three of those guys uh, look like they have the potential to be top 250 or so kind of running back recruits. So uh, 2025 should be a very strong year regionally for running backs. It's early, of course, but it's they're, they're, they're really um, good-looking prospects. Uh, but the last guys I have to hit on, Greg, you were down there with me, Braden Jacobs and Nikolai Brooks. Yep. Oh, my gosh, these guys are babies, but they are monsters. Uh, you know, Brooks, yes. 
I think Brooks was already at like 6'6", and uh, Braden Jacobs, who, of course, is the son of Brandon Jacobs, the former running back for the Giants. Uh, I have Brooks at 6'7", 350, and Braden Jacobs at 6'5", 310. And, like, those are accurate measurements after their Penn State visit. Uh, dude, I mean, it's really early, and, of course, yeah. they're going to have all types of awesome offers. But, man, those guys really stood out to me. It is hard to believe that those guys are the age that they are, considering how they look. We have photos up over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. You can see some of these guys, actually all of them that Ryan's just mentioned for the most part. And, yeah, it is hard to fathom that those guys are the age they are with the way they look. But that, that right there is the, you know, we get a lot of feedback from time to time about with, with some folks asking, why are we worried about 2025 recruits and 2026 recruits? And, I get it. Trust me. I mean, <laughs> it's a long way until those guys can decide and so much can change. But the way these guys look, there's a reason that schools get on them early. And it's because most of the time when guys look like they do at that age, Ryan, they're going to be national offers from all over the place kind of a guy. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be with them and in, in a relationship with them uh, in terms of getting to know their family and all that kind of stuff as early as possible, because you never know when. You never know what's going to turn those recruitments, but usually longevity wins out in the end uh, for a lot of those kind of guys. At the very least, longevity keeps you in the mix, right? And, you know, right. I mean, both those guys are from Georgia. You know, Georgia's already offered Brooks, I believe. I'm not sure about Braden Jacobs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, these guys are going to have all types of SEC offers. Long way to go. Who knows where Penn State will end up. But you want to absolutely get them on campus and, and uh, keep a good relationship going there. Of course, with Braden Jacobs, you know, with his dabby and Brandon Jacobs, uh, you know, he has a, a, a credible pedigree there, right? So that'll only uh, help his recruitment moving forward. But a uh, very solid list. Uh, one last thing I'll say is Fahim Delane, I believe it is, from Good Counsel. He was one of the only guys to get a scholarship offer uh, coming out of the weekend. He's a 2025, uh, looks like a defensive back uh, out of Good Counsel. So another guy we will be getting to know a little bit here in the months ahead. But uh, very solid list. Uh, everybody looked like they were having a, a pretty good time for the most part. And uh, all of our reactions so far have been very good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We hope you're having a good time as we come down the home stretch of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show here on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm Greg Pickle. He's Ryan Snyder. Thomas Frank Carr will be back on Wednesday with more thoughts on the BWI Daily Edition. But Ryan, let's close things out with a couple of thoughts on recruits in the class of 2023 who have put their top schools list out or are about to do so. We're going to see a lot of this now over the next couple of weeks as guys come off of those spring visits, look ahead to setting their official visits. And look, I think it should probably go without saying, but we'll say it anyway, that even if a guy doesn't have top this, top that, 
once you start setting those official visits, you can start getting a clue as to which schools are kind of really deep in the running here because they only get five of them. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing more and more of those get set. Why don't we open the uh, the bidding with Rodney Gallagher, Ryan, uh, a class of 2023 recruit, very important one for Penn State out of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, Pitt, Penn State. Oh, there you go, T. Frank. Look at you making uh, top top uh, eight graphics for us. I appreciate it. Uh, Pitt, Texas, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, West Virginia, Oregon, Penn State, and Oklahoma State. And when I really look down this list, there's a couple things that grab my attention. Of course, uh, I think Penn State's in a very strong position. And I, I mean, I've already have a pick in for them. I felt good about Penn State's, uh, you know, just just their overall recruitment of Rodney for a long time. Uh, I will say he did just go to Notre Dame this weekend, and you know all indications are that the Irish are going to very much be a player. If I had to pick two schools right now, I would definitely say it would be Penn State and Notre Dame. They're the ones that you know, if like him ending up at Notre Dame would not surprise me. I guess I would say uh, I still feel like I said I'd still pick Penn State, but the, the Irish are going to be a real player. What's interesting to me too is a couple other things here. So Texas with Brennan Marion. Brennan Marion was the former uh, wide receiver coach at Pitt. Uh, so they have built a very strong uh, relationship there off the off the jump. Of course, when he was still uh, in Western PA, Rodney said that he he built a really good relationship with his dad as well. Texas is probably going to get one of his five official visits. You know, we know Oklahoma State is the one school who is locked in for an official. I think his five officials will be Penn State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Oregon. That's how I read the tea leaves at least uh, with, with, but I mean, he does have an, a, an unofficial visit coming up here to Virginia tech. So Brent Pry and his staff are going to get their chance to impress him. But I know he wants to use at least a couple of those official visits for long distance trips. You know, Oregon's been a quality program for a long time. Now, Texas is Texas. They have all the money, all the pedigree in the world. And uh, you know, now one of his favorite coaches is down there. So it's just hard for me to see those two not getting an official visit, at least Texas, maybe Oregon. I could maybe see them getting squeezed out, but uh, I think those will end up being the five schools that he takes uh, visits to. And in the end, man, my money would still be uh, be on Penn State and Notre Dame to to finish as his top two, and those two will duke it out. But like I said, that Marion relationship, that that's intriguing to me. Let's see how that Texas visit goes, if he takes it, which I think he will. A lot of guys getting ready to set those official visits. We'll track them all at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Stay tuned to both the homepage and that visit tab Ryan mentioned earlier under the FB recruiting slot on bluewhiteillustrated.com, the homepage, to learn more. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think with Gallagher, it's interesting because, you know, this is not one of those I don't feel, Ryan, where it felt like Penn State has been in the driver's seat and why didn't he commit by now, blah, blah, blah. We've heard that kind of stuff before. I don't really see that as this. You know him a little bit better than I do, of course. But he's going to go out and see things and make sure he has all the information he needs before making a choice. And it coming down to those two in the end would make a whole lot of sense. But this is not one, at least from the way I read it, it's not one that's going to, uh, you know, come down to, you know, what's happened before. I think that'll help shape his decision making. But I also get the sense, like what you've been saying, that these official visits are going to be pretty huge as well. Yeah, absolutely. Official visits always are. And, and that's why, uh, I mean, look, they're all expensive paid trips to be pampered for three, for two and a half days, right? I mean, right. That's, uh, I think anybody would love to take a trip to Austin for a weekend and have all expenses played by the university. So, uh, yeah, let's see how they shape up. Uh, I just, I just, you know, I think early relationships have put Notre Dame and Penn State in a good position. But again, you know, especially with Texas, I mean, there is a very strong relationship there with Brennan Marion and, uh, you know, don't don't ever sleep on Texas with the with the amount of uh, just backing that they're putting in financially to their program and uh, moving to the SEC. Of course, I, I think they will be 
uh, interesting one to watch. But, uh, you know, let's see how things go here in the weeks ahead. Let's move on now to another recruit who has the top list out. It's Dakari Nelson, a four-star safety out of Soma, Alabama. Ryan, he put Penn State in his top six. Who else is in the mix there? What's your read on this one at this point in time? Yeah, Auburn, Clemson, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Oregon. Uh, those were the other five along with the Nittany Lions. Uh, this one, I think official visits will be massive for this one. Uh, but I also don't have as good of a relationship with Dakari as I do for Rodney, right? So I, I don't, I haven't read everything behind the scenes or, you know, get the – get the uh overall feel i guess that you know i've had from multiple conversations with rodney um you know penn state's definitely going to get an official visit that's already set for i believe it is the third week in june i may have that mixed up with the second week of june it's one of those two um you know i this one's tough i i i could see clemson and auburn you know they make a lot of sense to me i i need to learn more on his relationship with kentucky right now i would think I would probably lean Clemson and Auburn as the favorites. He's been to Auburn more than any other school. I know that, but he should be, right? I mean, he lives a lot closer to Auburn than everywhere else. Uh, now, I'll never sleep on Tennessee. You know, their NIL collective right now, is, as we're all learning right now, is just on a different level than most majority of other schools, uh, not named Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia, a few others. Uh, you know, and then Oregon, as I mentioned, you know, Oregon seems to be recruiting, of course, with, uh, was it Dan, is it Dan Lanning is the, is the head coach out there now, the former Georgia coach? Uh, you know, he, he has a lot of, you know, obviously, obviously really strong ties to the SEC. So uh, let's see how that shakes out. But right now, I'd probably say Penn State's maybe second, third, fourth-ish range. I, I'd be surprised if Penn State's the, the true favorite right now with Dakari Nelson. Uh, but, you know, from my limited conversations I have had with him, official visits should be massive and, and have a major impact on where he ends up. Final recruit we'll talk about on this edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show here on Tuesday, April 26th is Tony Rojas, a guy we talked about earlier. He's not put his list of top schools out yet, but his visits and things like that. Look, it's going to come out anytime, so make sure you check bluewhiteillustrated.com uh, to stay up to date on that, whether you listen to this uh, when it comes out on Tuesday or a little bit later in the week. Uh, those are coming here pretty soon. Penn State obviously has done a very nice job for him. I guess before he announces that list, Ryan, who do you see as some of the main competitors here uh, for the Lions to deal with as this recruitment really starts to heat up? Yeah, well, that's why I wanted to hit on Tony, even though he hadn't put it out yet. Is I mean, I feel pretty confident in saying Clemson, Georgia, Penn State. Like if, if those three aren't part of his top list of schools, it would really surprise me. And that just comes from really our – a lot of our conversation down at the Under Armour camp, Greg, you were there with me for that. I mean, I just, you know, you can read between Happily, the lines. I might right? Oh yeah, it was it was a beautiful day, uh, <laughs> sunny and seventy five. Uh, That's right. <laughs> uh, but but who's going to be that fourth school is what's interesting. I last week I said Tennessee, and I, I'm talking mainly because NIL and the fact that he visited Tennessee on what is it uh, April fifth? Okay. The more I talk to people, the more I think maybe Miami's in the mix. And it's a lot of the same reasons, right? He just took a recent visit to Miami. Miami's putting a ton of money uh, with, with NIL collectives. Uh, obviously, Mario Cristobal's down there. Like, they're, they're, they're certainly a lot of hype and, and, and uh, support uh, around Miami's program right now. So I think it'll be one of those two for his other spots. But, uh, you know, I don't want to sleep on, you know, maybe North Carolina. He had a visit there previously in the year. They just don't seem like they have a lot of steam there. You know, he's been he's been in Virginia Tech a ton, but I just – I don't really see a lot there either. You know, his last visit to Tech was back in January. So just – I'm looking at recent visits, right? And recent visits usually paint the picture pretty well. 
You know, he's been to Clemson twice. He, he was at Clemson in March and April. So that certainly grabs my attention. You know, he went to Tennessee in April 5th, went to Miami April 12th, uh, and then also Georgia and South Carolina. So South Carolina, I don't want to sleep on either, but I just think Miami and Tennessee have just a lot, lot more going for them than South Carolina right now. So my pick right now is definitely Penn State, Clemson, Georgia. I feel confident there. Uh, maybe Miami, maybe Tennessee. We'll, we'll have to find out, but uh, the Nittany Lions should firmly be in there. He's, you know, he told us back in uh, March that Penn State was still the favorite in his recruitment. Uh, since then, Georgia and Clemson have made serious, serious pushes, so it won't be easy. But uh, Penn State's very much in this in the fight here. Yeah, and certainly a recruitment Penn State should win as well. But as we always say, time will tell and visits will tell the story as well. Ryan, final thoughts? We have reached just about the conclusion here. I think we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, thanks for those of you who have stuck with us through the whole way here as we get ready to wrap up another edition. Any final thoughts here as we continue on this uh, final week of April? Um, Spring Val period, man. That's that's what we're really going to be focusing on here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I expect Penn State staff to hit the road probably tomorrow. It's uh, Tuesday, April 26th right now. I would think probably by Wednesday, certainly by Thursday, they should hit the road a couple uh, for at least a couple of days end of this week. And really next week then is when you'll see the majority of the coaching staff hit the road. Um, one guy I do want to mention real quick is Julian Sand was a top quarterback prospect that was here out of California last week. Uh, I will have more on Julian's visit here uh, probably in the next 24 hours or so. Um, the one thing I learned about Julian is his brother is, is plays uh, at, at Penn. So that was a big reason he was out there. Dude, you want to talk about a crazy visit list for a young player? Pull up uh, Julian Sands on three profile. Click on his visit center. He's been to, I think, over a dozen programs now uh, as just a sophomore, which is pretty impressive uh, considering he lives in Carlsbad, California. Uh, he's literally been all over the country. So, obviously, it's a good sign that he came out to visit Penn State, uh, but he's visiting everywhere. So, I just think that's important to know. I don't want fans to overthink it too much. Uh, will he come back to Penn State? I, he, he said that there's a good chance he could get back in the summertime. Um, but, you know, certainly somebody Mike Yertich is pushing hard for uh, in that 2024 class. And uh, it looks like that class is going to be pretty stacked with quarterbacks, too. So, um, you know, it was always going to be hard to get a really good quarterback after Drew Aller. But that 2024 class, you know, they're absolutely gunning for, you know, a top four-star kind of guy, a top 150 kind of quarterback. Well, we'll see how things play out. This will conclude another edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. For Ryan Snyder, I'm Greg Pickle. Stay with us at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. It's a busy week for the transfer portal. The NFL draft is on the horizon, and coaches will hit the road. We'll have you covered all from all angles at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. We will see you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.